0: Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, My name is Harrison Kwok, and I'm the pastor of the Northern Collective Church. Uh, If you're new here, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you and and pray for you as well. You can message us, or you can email uh, elders at northerncollective.church, or call 867-333-9422. You get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from you and potentially meet up if that's possible. Our mission at the Northern Collective is to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ while teaching all people to do the same. And our vision is to see thriving, gospel-centered churches in all Yukon communities by making disciples that make disciples. In the Yukon, there's about 20 communities. There are 20 communities. Uh, We're in Whitehorse in the capital. And over half these communities don't have an evangelical church, a Bible-believing church. We would love to see families reconciled. We would love to see hope restored by people being involved in communities where they celebrate the goodness of God, where they read the Bible together, where they sing together and do so in person. And so if you're watching right now, uh, you're going to hear a message. You're going to hear a message as we conclude the book of Philippians. Uh, There will be no music. I encourage you to um, check out some songs on YouTube. Uh, You can email us, NorthernCollector.church, if you'd like some suggestions in in what you should be listening to or or what we would suggest, not what you should be listening to. Um, But we believe that music is teaching and we want you listening to good and solid songs that exalt Jesus and that are Bible-based. And so if you'd like to keep in touch with us, please message us on Facebook or email us anytime or give us a call. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, two announcements uh, before we get into our text in Philippians chapter 4 as we close the book of Philippians, uh, the series together. Uh, the first announcement is uh, the Operation Christmas Child. Uh, we submitted our boxes, as did many around the Yukon, and managed to, as Yukoners, provide 638 shoe boxes to Operation Christmas Child. So we praise God for that, and we pray that many children and families in in places around the world would come to know Jesus and start a relationship with him for the first time. So that is awesome. 638 shoeboxes. Second thing is, I I do ask for prayer for not only our church's leadership and and many leaders throughout uh, the Yukon and around Canada, but I do ask you to pray specifically for uh, our territory, and for those in leadership that as we are in this state of emergency um, that they can come alongside faith-based gatherings and churches and come to a good resolution um, in terms of restrictions and particularly around the vaccine passport we don't want to turn anyway at the door Um, our stance as a leadership is that we want to open anyone to come gather with us in person um, doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter your vaccination status, that all are welcome. And we do so as Christ has welcomed everyone as well. So please pray for uh, wisdom in, in how to navigate this very um, tricky time. Uh, there's, they're saying they're going to lift the state of emergency on December 3rd, and we'll see how, how things go. And so please pray with me as we begin to our text. We're going to be going through Philippians 4. And the final 13 verses, uh, verses 10 to 23, we'll be learning about contentment in Christ. Contentment in Christ. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you are so amazing, you're so wise, you're so good. And we ask that you would teach our hearts to be content. And wherever people are listening from, whether here in the Yukon or anywhere around the world, that they would know the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding and that we would lean on you, and not in our own ways or our own thoughts, but you would guide us, and we would have comfort knowing that you hold us with your mighty strong hand, and that you are providentially and sovereignly in control of all things, and we look to you as our Father who brings us through even the deepest and darkest of times. And where pain and suffering seems to run so deep, would we know that your grace is deeper still, And as we close this journey through the book of Philippians, this book of joy and encouragement, and as Paul teaches us about contentment, would that truly ring very real in our lives as our circumstances around us seem to be so shaken, whether it's in our families, whether it's in the division within our culture, whether it's the pain that we see in our own lives, in our health or those of our loved ones. We pray that we are content in knowing you, the solid rock in which we stand, who is unwavering and unfading and forever glorious and amazing. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know if any of you are familiar with P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum, he was a considered one of the greatest entertainment entrepreneurs in the 1800s, and maybe ever. He was born in Connecticut in 1810, and again, just one of the greatest showmen in all of history. He was known as the greatest American showman. He was famous for many reasons. He was a politician, he was a public figure, he was very uh, charitable with his money, but he was particularly famous for trying to make the circus... The greatest show on earth. So when you hear the name P. T. Barnum, many think circus. But he was known for more than that. And so there's a movie in 2017 called The Greatest Showman. And it's loosely based on his life. And it kind of shows his his rise to stardom and his travels around the world in, in making this circus and making this sideshow and adding more acts to this to this show. And in one of the recruits, he he came across a lady, one of the greatest singers in Europe. And she sang this song in this movie about halfway through the movie. And it's called Never Enough. Never Enough. And some of the lyrics are very real, I'm sure, for people in the 1800s and very real for people now. It's it's an amazing score. It's an amazing piece. I I encourage you to listen to it. the lady Lauren who wrote it and who sings it, it's, it's incredibly powerful and uh, very strong singing, which I will not sing, I will read. And these are just some of the lyrics from the song Never Enough from The Greatest Showman. All the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough. Never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be enough. Never be enough. And so this sentiment, it was telling of P.T. Barnum's own heart. And as the rise of the circus and this sideshow and this entertainment industry and as him as a showman is increasing, he seems to be never satisfied. And never has enough. And so this song comes. It's powerful, but it speaks to not only his drive and his nature, but I believe it speaks to ours. It speaks to mine. So many of us complain that we never have enough. Things will never be enough. We are never content, it seems like. We never have enough money. We never have enough power. We never have enough fame. We never have enough friends. We never have enough freedoms. We never have enough things to complain about. There's never enough. And the soul is not content. And I can fall into that. In in the complaining and thinking. There's never enough. There's never enough time. There's never enough time with my family, there's never enough money, there's never enough food. And But this never enough attitude should never be true of my heart, and it should never be true of the Christian heart, this never enough attitude. Yet it is so real in my own heart, and it is so real in the church in general. And I see it almost daily with the discussions around politics, and the virus, and lockdowns, and vaccines. There's a lack of contentment. There's great discontentment in all of this. And it's dividing churches, and it's dividing friendships, and it's dividing families. The Christian should never have this never enough attitude. And in Philippians 4, chapter 10, Sorry, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 23. Paul shares with us what he says is the secret of contentment. And how we can access and how we can know this secret of contentment as well. And so we get to the conclusion of the book of Philippians in chapter 4. And he reveals why he's writing this letter. The main reason he wrote this letter to the church in Philippi is that he wanted to thank the Philippians for their loyalty and for their generosity and seeing his ongoing needs supported while he remained in prison. And this letter this letter is received and written 10 years after Paul started this church in Philippi. So there's a 10-year gap here. And so I'm going to read all of verses 10 to 23. And after that we're going to focus on the verses 11 to 13. So I'm going to read the whole section 10 to 23, but only focus on 11, 12, and 13. So this is what he says in chapter 4, verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit. And so for the content of this message, contentment in Christ, we will focus on verses 11 to 13. And again, it says, Paul is saying, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now Paul, writing this, he's not in a situation where he's under palm trees in the Bahamas on sandy white beaches sipping on iced tea and with people just massaging his head and his shoulders. This is not his situation. He is chained. He is chained to a Roman soldier in prison in Rome awaiting his execution. He's saying, in this I am content. In this I am content. And he's learned how to be content and his life has not been easy. He's writing to a different church, to the churches in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He says he's had multiple imprisonments. He's been whipped so many times he can't even count. He's faced death again and again. He's beaten with rods, he's, been, he's had rocks thrown at him. He's been shipwrecked three times. He's been lost at sea. He's traveled many distances. He's faced danger from rivers, from robbers, and his own Jewish people. He's been in danger in cities and in deserts. He's had many sleepless nights. He's been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. He has shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep him warm. And he has the daily burden of being concerned about the churches, the many churches that he started. Yet, throughout all this pain, throughout all this suffering, throughout all this anxiety and turmoil, he remained content. And he said he learned that. He wasn't born that way. So how did Paul learn this contentment? It wasn't learned overnight. He didn't apply to some video conference six easy steps to contentment and with 49 easy payments you can reach contentment yourself it was in a course we find the answer in verse 13 of chapter 4 paul says i can do everything i can do everything through shipwreck through hunger through calamity through cold, through weather, through imprisonment, through whipping, beating, all these things. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The secret to contentment, which the world knows nothing about, is Christ. The world tries to offer a better circumstance. If you just look younger, if you just have more money, if you have more insurance, you have more friends, your car is faster, your school is safer, these things will give you contentment. But Paul is saying, no, despite your circumstance, because many of us, and some of you right now listening, are going through horrendous circumstances, you too can have contentment where you are, where you stand, because we can do everything through Christ who strengthens us. What an amazing promise. If this is true, then there's nothing that anyone can say or do or the world bring to our lives that can knock us off our feet and make us discontent. And this isn't uh, just a New Testament teaching. We, in fact, read in Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10, says this. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is saying, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will be there for you. In the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, says, the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you From the evil one. Think of how mind boggling that is. That our strength doesn't come from an energy drink or a good diet or good education or a nice plump bank account. It is from God Himself, the Creator and Master and King of the universe says, I will give you strength and I will be with you. Amazing. That should make us stand in peace. Content. I have to ask myself, am I content? I have to ask you, are you content? Are you content? What, what is contentment? Well, some, some ideas around contentment is the idea of having enough, or being filled, or being satisfied. Those things get around the idea of contentment. Enough, being filled and being satisfied. The Greek, though. The literal Greek. It's around this idea of self-sufficiency or independent. And there are some Greek philosophers at the time. They were known as the Stoics. And the Stoics, they they would elevate contentment as well. They said, oh, contentment is very important. But Stoics... Stoics are people who wanted to separate themselves from too heavy of emotions with people or with circumstance. So they're just kind of even keel, no matter what. Straight faced, they have control of their emotions, whether their first baby is born, whether there's been a terrorist attack, whether they won a million dollars or lost a million dollars. They are just stoic. And so that's what we describe people nowadays if they seem to show no emotion in any situation. We say they look stoic or they're stoic. And so stoics, they wanted to be free from all wants and all needs and they had this extreme detachment from all things, whether it be emotional or material. They would say, we don't need anything. We're completely detached. We don't need anyone and we don't need anything. But that's not biblical contentment. That's not biblical contentment. What Paul is trying to teach us is an inner sense of rest and peace that comes from being right with God and knowing that he is in in control of all that happens to us. So we have this deep peace, this deep joy, this deep rest, knowing that God, who is sovereign and is providential, controls all things that happen. And the response, if we ask ourselves, are we content, or is this person content? It's thankfulness that we're thankful. We are thankful people. And we're peaceful. We're peaceful people. We're joyful. We're, selfish. we're selfless. And we're selfless. We are patient. And we're not complainers. We can be critical but not cynical. We do not complain like the world does. Rather, we are content in Christ for who he is and what he is doing. Our trust is not in anything else, in the weather, in the government, in policies, in other people. Our trust and our faith and our resolve and reliance rests on Jesus. Jesus. And who he is and what he's done. If Christ is our peace. If Christ is our rock. It transcends every circumstance. If you do not know Christ. If you haven't placed your faith. In Jesus. And trust who he is. And who he says he is that he's paid for our rebellion against him, our sin, and he's reconciled us to him. And he's saying, I'm bringing you to my home. I'm bringing you to heaven. And I'm going to restore all things in the galaxy, all things in the cosmos, all things in this life. If you haven't done that, I plead with you to submit your life to the gospel and give your life to this king. You will not know contentment outside of Christ. You will not know eternal life outside of Christ. And he offers you this free gift. And once you place your life in him, he gives you a new spirit. He takes out your old spirit and gives you a new one that you would live for him and long for him and desire to make him known. And when this happens to you, We can look beyond our circumstance. Not that we don't weep when terrible things happen. Yes, we weep. Yes, we are sad. But simultaneously, we have a deep joy that transcends that circumstance. Do you know that? Do you know what that's like? There are many people who come to the Northern Collect. I've heard story after story of terrible things that bring them to tears. Yet they walk through it with joy and with a deep peace because of who their God is. And they know that their life is in his hands. So we're to look beyond our circumstance. Whether we have a lot or we have a little. It doesn't matter, Paul says. We rejoice in Christ. Our central focus Our peace, our purpose is in Christ. And we have all we could ever need or desire in him. Do you know that peace? Or do you find yourself being thankless and peaceless and joyless and selfish and impatient? Where is your eyes fixed on? That's what Paul is saying earlier. Where is your mind? Is it on the things of this world and the worries of this world? Or are they on the one who created the world and holds the world and sustains the world and is bringing the world to himself? Paul's contentment in Christ remained constant. He had peace. He had contentment because of Christ. It wasn't some mental exercise. It wasn't some six step program. It's in the living God who's resurrected from the dead. And this same Savior, this same King, when he rose from the dead and had a mission for each of his followers, for those of you who claim to follow Christ, it is the Great Commission that we are to make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he says this because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. This is the one who commissions us. This is the one whom we listen to. This is our job description, dear Christian. And he says, I will always be with you, even to the end of the age. We should constantly be at Matthew 28 where we find the Great Commission. We should be reading the Great Commission, thinking about how we can fulfill the Great Commission. There's a lot of distractions coming our way, stealing our energy and our focus. But may that not be the case. Would we still have our eyes fixed on Christ and what he's doing and who he is? Because Jesus promises that his power and his presence. They're with those who place their faith in him. They're there with those who place their reliance on him. There is nowhere Paul could go. There is nowhere we could go. Where we do not surrender our lives to. Where Christ's presence is not there. One pastor said, quote, Nothing he could experience. This is Paul. Nothing he could experience that could ever take him beyond the tender and strong, empowering embrace of Christ. End quote. Do you know Christ's embrace, or is he just, a, or is he just an idea, or is he just so ingrained in our lives as some cultural figure that we give assent to, and that church is just some automatic thing we do on Sunday, we give our money to. We read our Bible because it's the good thing to do. We're nice because it's the Christian thing to do. Do you know his embrace of what it's like to be held by him through the deepest and and darkest circumstances in our lives? He is there. This is the good news of the gospel. Not only do we get contentment, the gospel is the good news that God is giving us himself, his very presence. That is amazing. Why would he want to be with us? Why would the God of the universe even care about us and invite us, uh, invite us to his home and to his dinner table? That is, an, that is a gracious God. Yet this is the gospel. This is the gospel that goes around the world that has transformed millions of lives, has transformed so many lives I've seen here in Whitehorse and continues to do so. We must not lose sight of this great Christ and this great commission that we serve. There's a lot of things that we can read. And some of us, we need to stop wasting our time in those articles and those documents and fix our eyes and memorize the scriptures. And get into the word and take the word seriously, whether alone or in community together. And how we can share this contentment with others. Paul's learned the secret of contentment, and he concludes by a farewell greeting, his final greeting to the Philippians. He says in verse 21. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people and all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too. And get this, get this. Especially those in Caesar's household. Why is that significant? Paul is saying, Caesar's household greets you. So not just his home physically, not just the emperor of Rome's Home, But the administration, the guards, the people, many within that agency, we'll call it, send you their greetings. A anti-Christian organization, people in there have converted to Christ even when Paul has been in prison to show the Philippians the transformative power of the gospel, that the impossible has just occurred. That Caesar and his household, some of them, are Christians and are brothers and sisters with you. Isn't that amazing? Paul isn't like, oh man, I can't do anything because I'm so restricted. I literally have chains on me that shake every time I raise my hand. I'm too restricted for the Great Commission. We are never restricted from the Great Commission. There is no situation we can be put in where we cannot see the gospel move forward in power. You know why? Because it's not about us. It's about Christ and his power. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Do you believe that? Let's live like that. The government has taken nothing from us. Let's seek his wisdom. And in this moment, Let us be focused on Christ, seeking the Great Commission to fulfill it here in Whitehorse and beyond for his glory and our joy and contentment in knowing him. I pray that you know this truth and I pray that we would see even more amazing things happen in the name of Christ. Amen. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your amazing ability to save. I thank you for who you are and everything you stand for and for being with us. I pray that you would teach my own heart what it means to be content in you. And that no matter what I hear, whatever happens, whatever I see, that I would be content. And those listening as well. And if there's anyone who has not placed their faith in you, Father, I pray that you do that transformative work and make them a follower of Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.